Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. It has been a minute. Uh, been a couple of weeks. Sorry about that. Life gets in the way um, sometimes and, and just doesn't allow time sometimes for Tom and I to get together. Uh, we knew that when we started this, which is why we've never made promises that, you know, catch a new episode every Thursday or every Tuesday or every whatever. Um, but uh, we try to get to you every week, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. And sometimes those weeks pile up a little bit. <laughs> so it's been a couple of weeks. But Tom, how the heck you doing, man? I'm better than I was two weeks ago when we had to quickly pivot from recording. So I apologize greatly for that. I felt like death run over seven times. Uh, that was not a good day for me. Um, thankfully, I bounced back in about 24 hours, lots of lots of fluids and a little bit of rest. Um, and then, yeah, just life. I mean, it is a fall shouldn't be this busy when you're still in the middle of a pandemic, but actually it kind of is between just juggling the hats that you wear with life and work and your relationships with family and friends. Woo. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we tried to find a time last week and we found like an hour and a half that totally wasn't really workable uh, for either one of us. It was like, we could try to squeeze it in there, but like the, your kids were coming home from school at that hour. And I had a meeting right after it, I think. And yeah. Just, Hey, it happens. Well, and if our if our previous episodes have shown our listeners and or watchers or both anything, it's that unfortunately we don't have the gift of attempting to go short. So <laughs> so as opposed to not like trying to cram, you know, so much in and 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 not be thoughtful about what we're speaking about, we just decided it was better to wait until now. That's right. And as much as you might think, oh my goodness, they haven't recorded in three weeks, it's going to be a six-hour show today. Um, and we have joked about that. It won't be. Uh, we'll, we promise we'll keep it right about an hour because, you know, there is life yet for us this morning, too. We're recording early morning on Thursday, um, or early morning for me, not quite as early for Tom. Um, different time zones, be damned. But um, <laughs> we uh, we promise we won't keep you for a full day of meetings here uh, on Two Spot Monkeys. Uh, but uh, it's been a little bit, like I said, since we last talked. So uh, the last time we talked was actually our preview for Clash of the Champions, if you believe that. Um, there have been like 17 pay-per-views. No, there have been two pay-per-views since then. Um, so we figured we'd update kind of our head-to-head -head standings. Uh, we did make picks for TakeOver. We'll talk about that in just a moment as well. Um, but Clash of the Champions was, uh, well, more of the same. Uh, Tom went, uh, well, okay, so there are seven matches that we ended up counting for our head-to-head. -head. There were nine scheduled matches, but of course, uh, WWE had to scratch a couple of matches. Uh, the story, as as nobody, as everybody except WWE um, has it, is they had an outbreak of COVID, um, so certain certain folks were unable to, to work, uh, which makes sense. And both the, uh, let's see, it was the Bailey and Nikki Cross match, and also the women's tag title match. Uh, got scratched from that show. Uh, Bailey ended up working Asuka, uh, but we didn't pick that match. So because we didn't know it was happening until literally we saw it happen on the show. So um, so seven matches actually got scored for us. Tom went six and one. I went five and two. So that just continued to dig a hole for me in this competition. Um, any thoughts back from Clash of Champions, Tom? I realize you might have to look back at the card a little bit to remind ourselves. 
Yeah, I didn't even watch the show, to be honest with you. Uh, again, life just, it didn't happen. I thought I was going to watch it that Sunday. I think I started to give my energy to football. I think something with football caught my attention that day and, and or like the weekend catching up on stuff in the house and getting the kids ready to go back to school the next day. Um, it's weird when you have kids, how your priorities of watching pay-per-views don't <laughs> don't match what they did, uh, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Um, so, no, I don't even think I watched anything. I wanted to go back and watch the IC title ladder match and the main event of that show because I had read things about them that were positive. Um, but, again, in it, with what I've been trying to watch and a lot of my energy going to New Japan recently – I just didn't. I just didn't carve out the time to go back and watch. Um, I was pleased. I was <clears throat> right about Sami Zayn. I think I was right about Sami Zayn. You were. You were. Uh, so I was. I was happy. I was happy there. Um, and I think that was the right move. Um, but yeah, when I think about the results or when I reflect back on that, and nothing again, I would have to look back to kind of really refresh my thought. But um, I don't think I was really surprised. Yeah, the the Sammy pick was a great pick by you. That was that was a fun match um, and and a creative finish. Um, you know, for him to handcuff Jeff Hardy's ear um, to a ladder, like I don't believe I just said that sentence. Um, you know, he handcuffed Jeff Hardy's ear, and not in a bad way. Like sometimes I say that on this show, and it's because you know things like eye for an eye match or whatever, and I can't believe I'm saying it because it's so stupid. Um, but it was almost one of those things as I saw it happen, you know, first of all, it takes a little bit in wrestling for me to really go, oh, 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 you know, because I've seen a lot of wrestling. But um, but I, I did, and I thought, God, why has nobody ever done that before? You know, like, Jeff Hardy's got this huge gauge in his ear. It kind of made sense. Um, you know, whoever came up with that idea, kudos to them, whether whether it was the guys themselves or, or the agent or whoever. Um, and the minute he did it, I went, Son of a Tom's going to be right on this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was my first thought was crap. <laughs> it, it, it makes it makes my skin like tingle a little bit when I hear you say that. It's not like totally gross, but like I think of like Triple H Batista at WrestleMania when he was pulling out his nose piercing. Again, it's just like, oh, like that's your body. Well, right. And, well, and, and my thought was, man, if something goes wrong here and that ladder pulls more than anybody expects we're gonna see jeff hardy's ear explode on live tv um, so yeah i it was like i said it takes a little bit in wrestling for me to really cringe and usually if it does it's something that gets kind of botched you know somebody gets dropped on their head or um you know something like that where you're like oh that did not go the way you know and there was a spot um before the handcuffing uh where I think Sammy, it might have been Styles, but I think it was Sammy tipped a ladder that Jeff Hardy was laying on and it kind of dumped over the top rope awkwardly and, and smacked Hardy on the way down. It was just kind of like, I don't think that went the way anybody thought or it's Jeff Hardy, so maybe it did. Um, it, uh, yeah, so that's one. I mean, you know, 10 years from now, if you have time, um, it, that one would be worth going back and seeing. Uh, we were both wrong on that darn ambulance match. They are not going to get that belt off Drew. Uh, which I'm fine with because I like Drew McIntyre. Um, and I say that and now watch probably at Hell in a Cell. They'll probably put it on Orton um, anyway, since they're they're going that direction. So, um, well, we shall see. Uh, but then we move over to TakeOver. We thought we'd just talk a little bit about TakeOver and why we made picks that we did. Um, for TakeOver, hallelujah. 
there were five matches, and I went four and one, and Tom went three and two. So I have finally picked up, albeit a very little bit of ground, or maybe really kept it even, I guess, after the last two pay-per-views to where we were before that, um, as far as number of matches behind. So our current total, before we talk about TakeOver, um, Tom is 25 and seven, which is just phenomenal. Uh, and I am 21 and 11. So a four match lead still for Tom. At this point, we expect again, uh, we hope to make picks next week sometime for Hell in a Cell. Uh, we also hope to have picks for Full Gear, Survivor Series, TakeOver 32, uh, which is coming up in December, we think, from what has been reported. And uh, TLC should happen in December, we think, as well. Unless some other shows pop that we don't know about yet, that probably will wrap this season of the head-to-heads for us. Um, so looking back at TakeOver, and I think almost what it was going to have to happen when we start making picks the rest of the year is you just go first and I pick the other person. Um, <laughs> which which will probably be a terrible strategy because a lot of times we're going to agree because it's pretty obvious what's coming. Um, let's see. Uh, looking back at TakeOver, uh, we had, we'll just run over results really quick. Uh, Finn Balor, uh, defended his title in a brutal match uh, with Kyle O'Reilly. Damian Priest defended his title against Gargano and won. Uh, Io Shirai, which we both missed that match, um, defeated Candice LeRae. Kushida beat the Velveteen Dream. And then uh, the match that got me my win, uh, Santos Escobar uh, over Isaiah Swerve Scott for the Cruiserweight title. Um, do we want to go pick by pick, Tom, or, or talk general? What do you want to do here? We didn't really... Um... Yeah, I mean, I guess let's let's start just at the at where we differed. Obviously, that cruiserweight title match. Um, uh, man, it, it we could say the same thing here, or I could say the same thing here in terms of my reasoning as to why I thought that the ambulance match was the time for Randy Orton to win the title. Like I thought, like all of the pieces fit for Swerve Scott to win. And it appeared like that was the direction they were going. And I was like, sweet, like this is and and then it didn't happen and that was just a super match the whole card was just really top notch from from bell to bell beginning to end um and that main event in my opinion top five match of the year across the globe um without a doubt and the, the fallout from that match with the injuries and you know i can't believe and i'm not current at nxt i haven't watched the tv following that that show or the or the week after so i, I i'm aware that the, the injuries of finn balor and and, and and the surgery he had to go through um, and the x-ray of his jaw and the tooth, yikes. I, I don't like going to the dentist, let alone like thinking about having a broken jaw and having to have a tooth and a jaw fixed. Um, so I'm getting off obviously from the Cruiserweight title, so I apologize. But yeah, no, like I thought it was a time for, for Sora Scott to, to, to have the ball handed off to him or the belt given to him, um, and it didn't happen. Yeah, I think uh, I think they're doing an incredible job building Santos Escobar. Um, I I hope that someday down the road he can get out of the cruiserweight division because I think that guy could be money. Um, I hate to say on the main roster. I know they try to say NXT is main roster, um, but when you don't include it in your draft, it's not main roster. Um, sorry, you know they can say it all they want, but uh, they don't they don't show it. But that's a different story for another conversation. Um, 
but I think they're doing a great job with Escobar. I, I have enjoyed that Mendoza and Wild so far have not been just the lackeys who always screw everything up and lose all the time, which is kind of the faction setup that WWE often has, is they have one person who looks really strong and everybody else is an idiot. Um, and so I'm glad they've stayed away from that with Legato del Fantasma. Um, I do wish they'd give them a few more wins that matter, um, but that's that's me. Of course, I had them win in the tag titles a couple of weeks, about, you know, a month ago or so, and obviously didn't happen. Uh, Freaking Rizongo, but anyways, um, <laughs> we're not going down that road again. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, frog in my throat. Um, so yeah, I w- I obviously was very happy, and and I thought it was interesting. Um, so Tom and I, uh, we've talked about before. We're in a fantasy wrestling league where we also make picks uh, for pay per views, and and we usually make we're not usually we make the same picks there that we do here on the show. Um, but there we use confidence points as well, which is kind of a tiebreaker for folks in the league, so that we know who gets points for the league out of it. And uh, that one match that we differed on, I did think it was just just interesting to note. I had a four on Santos Escobar, so I was I was pretty solid uh, believing Escobar was going to win. You had a one on Swerve um, out of the five, so you were at least as unsure as any match on that card. Um, and and th- this was one of, that I can say, and you probably felt this way too, Tom, I, I think, from putting one on, on Swerve. Um, sometimes with the confidence points, and I know I'm getting into fantasy wrestling league a little bit, but I think it speaks to, to our picks here. Sometimes with our confidence points, the first three or four matches are, are very easy for me to put the the top numbers on because it's very obvious that Roman Reigns is not going to lose to Jey Uso or whatever. Um, I didn't have that on this card. I, I had to really think about what do I want to put my five, my four, my three, my two, and my one on because uh, it this whole card, I could have made arguments either direction I felt like I don't did you feel that the same way for sure yeah and and I think in that in that mind space uh or that headspace that would have been a really interesting conversation so I'm bummed we had didn't have the chance to preview that because I think we could have had some good back and forth banter about that uh and again I think with WWE sometimes you just never know like you would think that there's a logic and I'm sure there is a logic, at least for the writers and the and the bookers. <laughs> You're giving um, more credit than I will, but okay. <laughs> I mean, you have, to, you have to think that they have a plan, right? Uh, whether we actually see it or we have the patience to watch it play out or not. Um, that being said, I think there are sometimes two where, where you know, they are they do deserve to be raked over the coals for some of the decisions they make. Uh, but yeah, that show. I think you easily, to your point, could have gone and made arguments. You know, I think Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano, right? Like it seemed to be like that they were looking to, at least in the minds of fans or in the eyes of fans, make us think that Gargano and Candice were going to be, you know, the, the power couple, double champions. So if you would have picked Gargano and Candice both to win that night, would have made, would have made, would have made, there was a logical explanation for that. Now I understand why they did what they did, and I'm glad they did what they did. Um, again, like I said before, here when we've talked, I, I want more out of Io Shirai. Like even though I think it would have made sense for Candice to be the one to dethrone her, maybe that still happens down the road. Uh, that the fact that it didn't happen then, I, I'm okay with. Yeah, and uh, you know I have to admit when when Gargano and Candice both lost, my first thought was they're going to Raw or SmackDown. Um, and I know you're still kind of catching up on some things, but um, 
doesn't appear that's the that's the case um i'll just say that without spoiling anything for you um I, I was sure that's what it meant because I thought otherwise, why don't you at least put one of the belts because Gargano, Johnny Gargano, um, I guess Candace doesn't use Gargano. In wrestling, <laughs> Candace but, Gargano. Um, Candace Gargano, uh, which, which may be her real name now. I don't know. Um, I, I don't even know if Candace LeRae is her real name, to be honest. I don't, I don't pay attention to that too much, but um, Johnny Gargano, either him having a title and Candace not, or Candace having a title and him not, um, how that would drive his character crazy. Uh, I, I think would have been a fun story to tell and, and maybe they'll get there and tell that story yet. Like you said, maybe Candace still wins that title um, down the road or, or maybe Johnny wins a title down the road. Um, but I almost think they'd have to be careful how they tell that story too, though, unless the intent was to break the two apart eventually, which I don't think they should be doing anytime soon because they're such a good act together. Uh, so I, they would have to be careful with that. Um, but I, I think that would be fun. So I, I kind of thought uh, we both had Candace winning that title and we both had Damian Priest uh, retaining his title in our picks. So we kind of had that same thought of, you know, maybe there'll be one, but not the other um, who will who will win. But WWE went a different way. And so it'll be interesting to see now how that plays out. Um, I have seen NXT from last week. I've not seen last night's show because, as we said, it's early Thursday morning. Um, and I have a Wednesday night obligation. So um, maybe sometime today while I'm working from home, I might be able to have it on and, and catch up a little bit. Uh, more than likely, it's usually tomorrow or Saturday before I catch NXT. So Thoughts, thoughts on the Capitol Wrestling Center? Loved that it. Was that, that, okay. I, I like the presentation. I, I'm not a fan of, of, the, of the LED boards with the people. Like, like, I think that should be Thunderdome. I felt that I felt and still feel. And maybe it'll grow on me. But for now, I felt like that should have been Thunderdome specific. I think I would have preferred that NXT parrot ROH and do what they did for their setup. I would prefer larger screens with, with graphics versus people. Because they actually had real fans. Like, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that NXT show was the first show that actually had real, like, non-talent in the audience. Like, and again, it was it was much reduced, which it should be, again, with social distancing and and still trying to put put a lid on this virus from spreading I, but outside of like the cage or like beyond the cage just give me fans and just give me different lighting i don't know so but but you liked it so i'd like to, i'd like to know more yeah i did i did and and i think part of i understand what you're saying on the video boards They're, they are distracting at times um and i think what i liked about the capital wrestling center versus um the thunderdome is that because you had fans on the floor level, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that raised the video. So you didn't have quite as many video screens on your say hard cam shot. Um, and so it wasn't as distracting to me as those fans who are kind of in the, I guess for lack of a better word, the front row of the Thunderdome, um, that they can get a little, it's, it's grown on me to a point. I, don't, I can't say I love the Thunderdome, although I think they're doing the best with what they can. Um, it's not as distracting as it was at the beginning. I think I've gotten used to it um, a little bit more, but I, I liked that separation where it kept the video boards a little higher um, and allowed for that. And I liked that they used them in different ways in, uh, like they do in the Thunderdome with the entrances, for instance, or 
you know, Tony Storm's return, um, which I think we should get to here in a minute uh, about the returns in the women's division. Uh, but Tony Storm's return where it wasn't on the Tron above the entryway, it was on the Tron, you know, behind EO or, or whatever you want to say, you know, across from the hard cam, which I thought was, it was just a little different look and it was kind of cool. Um, you've got all those screens, so utilize them, which is cool. Um, so I, th I thought that was interesting. So it wasn't quite as distracting to me as I think Thunderdome can be. Although, again, I've gotten more used to Thunderdome. Um, I, I was not a huge fan of Thunderdome at the beginning. Again, kudos. To, I was giving kudos to them for trying something and doing something different in a time when they, uh, you know, uh, they're shooting from the hip. It's the whole they're building the plane while we're flying it kind of thing. So I, you know, have to give grace to anybody who's trying to run wrestling or anything right now. Um, to figure out how best to do that. Um, so I, I liked the Capital Wrestling. I like that it's a little darker, too, because um, NXT should have that edge to it, I think. Um, and and doing it more Ring of Honor style, like you said, would have given them that as well. Um, and maybe, like you said, if they just use those screens for more graphics um, and not fans, um, that could have been interesting too with the live fans. And I think you are right. I think it was kind of family and friends of talent uh, who were invited uh, to come to the Capitol wrestling center. So I think it's not, uh, there are still some, some trainees and students who are out there too, but um, yeah. So I think that does add to it um, as, as they go along. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, It'll be interesting to see what WWE does. It sounds like Thunderdome, they're going to stay there at least another month through November. Um, I read that earlier this week because normally, or originally, Thunderdome was going to end at the end of this month um, was when the lease was done with the Amway Center. Uh, they're going to stay through November because let's be honest, it's not like the Amway Center is going to be doing anything else. So they might as well take the revenue they can get from WWE, even though the state of Florida, maybe here's an aside. So the state of Florida has opened up um, the governor has said that sports, outdoor sports stadiums, so not the Amway Center, outdoor sports stadiums can fill to 100% if they want. Slight political comment. He's an idiot. Um, <laughs> kudos to the sports leagues and to AEW, since they do have an outdoor venue. Um, kudos to all of them for saying, no, we're going to follow You know what the health department is suggesting still, which is more in that kind of 10 to 15%. Uh, socially distanced, wearing masks, all of those kinds of things. Um, you know, the the Florida head football coach um, earlier in the week, last weekend, said he wanted to have 90,000 people in this stadium for their game against LSU this Saturday, which, oh, got canceled because there's 19 people on the, on the Florida football team that now have COVID. But anyways, um, maybe that's a bad idea. Um, so kudos to AEW on the wrestling side and others for not doing that. Um, and kudos to WWE for trying to figure out a way to get some fans into an indoor setting. Indoor obviously is more of a risk than outdoor. Um, so they've really got to keep that number small. Um, but it, it it's fun to hear real crowd noise. I don't mind the fake crowd noise as much. And I know they're enhancing it at the Capitol Wrestling Center and they're adding it in the Thunderdome. And I've seen some of our friends online who absolutely hate it and, and other people. It does make it sound more natural to me. Um, you know, the NFL is doing it. Major League Baseball has done it. Um, I think the soccer league, um, Major League Soccer, whoever, and, and 
FIFA, whoever, I, I don't know a lot about soccer, so I'm showing my ignorance as I'm talking here, but um, have done it. I, does it, what, what do you think about the enhanced crowd noise, Tom? The I haven't added, had a, yeah, I haven't had a problem with it at all. It, yeah. it, was, it was interesting because um, I did watch the Seattle-Minnesota Sunday Night Football game yep. a couple nights ago, and, and, the answer, and the answers could not stop uh, talking about what would this be like for both teams if the 12th man was here. Um, and you know, as much as I have talked here about, I am a Lions fan and I'm not yet jumping off that bandwagon, even though I feel like I'm always on the ledge every Sunday. Um, and then usually the days that follow as I, as I deal with the fallout, I, I do, I do really enjoy Seattle. I really, I, I, um, I, I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan. Just love his character, love his ability and side note on football again, he demonstrated again on Monday, why with less than two minutes, you want the ball in that guy's hands because he's a flipping playmaker and it was fantastic um and uh so yeah so so my 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 seattle fandom aside yeah it was interesting because they did they didn't pipe in crowd noise i believe on sunday night and there was no additional and i don't and i I don't know why because you would think like that's your home field don't you want a home field advantage um but maybe the teams have to agree to mutually to 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 it in a mutual way beforehand. I I don't know. Um, that's obviously it's different from wrestling. Um, so sorry to pivot there. I I don't have a problem with it in in Thunderdome or in Capital Wrestling Center when um, as long as it's adding to the product and not like being a complete and utter distraction. And right. I and it hasn't yet been that for me at all. So. And I don't know whether it's piped in live in the venue or if it's just on the broadcast i'm i don't know how that works sure um, for for either football or wrestling um and, and my thought I, I agree with you i did hear i saw a little bit of the sunday night game not to talk football um but my thought when they kept bringing that up was stop talking about it um like don't draw attention to the fact because i think some places have done a really good job and the nfl frankly has of shooting the game in a way that they're not always showing you the empty stands um they've gotten really creative in that and i think wwe has tried that too of course, WWE cuts camera, you know, angles every four seconds to a new camera angle, which is a little distracting sometimes. Um, so it's a little harder to do there. Um, but they're also not doing it in big open, you know, the, the Thunderdome has helped them not have to show empty seats and that sort of thing. Um, I think back to, and again, this is them learning along the way. I think back to that first SmackDown that was supposed to be up in your neck of the woods up in Detroit um, that got canceled and, and they did it at the Performance Center. And they actually had empty chairs set out, like people were supposed to sit there. Um, don't do that. <laughs> like that's that you know. And Bailey cut a promo to the crowd and kept trying to get the crowd to respond. You know, I mean, it was clearly we just didn't know how to do that yet. Um, so, uh, Capital Wrestling Center, um, kudos to them. I uh, part of their move was because they want to bring some fans back in, whether by invitation or however, um, and full sale didn't doing that yet. Um, so that was part of their move, which I get it. You know, you, you want to do business your way, then, you know, you own the building so they can do whatever they want at the Capitol wrestling center. I like the throwback to, um, to calling it Capitol wrestling center since Capitol wrestling was the original name of the company uh, that now became Titan sports and now WWE, um, entertainment. Um, so that's a nice little, I love those little nostalgic throwbacks sometimes. Um, so that was fun rather than calling it, the performance center or rather than calling it the WWE arena um, or something like that. Uh, they could call it the bingo hall in Florida or something. I don't know, but um, 
to, you know, get back to those ECW arena days. But anyways, um, uh, oh, other matches that I think we might have hit. Uh, let's talk about that. Uh, the, the, the returns. returns. Yeah. Yeah. Let's returns. talk about the returns. Um, so Tony Storm comes up on the screen first um, and announces it's Tony time and that she is coming to NXT proper um, and not the UK. Um, I, she may appear in the UK from time to time. Um, although my guess is getting going back and forth between UK right now is not the easiest thing to do. Um, so, so Tony is back in NXT and I believe was supposed to have her first match on last night's show. Um, haven't seen anything from last night yet, as we mentioned. So, um, but good to see Tony back. And then Ember Moon revealed as that, uh, we never really got a chance to talk about the mystery person because I think that kind of started at about the point that you and I haven't recorded since, um, that the person who was in the, the kind of green screened, uh, mystery video game esque, um, videos that we knew was a former NXT champion from those videos. So there was a lot of people thinking Bo Dallas um, because Robert Roode had come back before that on Raw. So we knew it wasn't him coming back to NXT. Um, a lot of people thought Bo Dallas. I got to admit, Ember Moon, way better than Bo Dallas. So <laughs> I was excited. Um, I think both of those women, you know, the only thing for me is I think the NXT women's division is so stacked um, as it is. And the Raw and SmackDown women's divisions are not. Um, and they, they could use some death. So I think both Tony Storm and Ember Moon might have been better served had they gone to the main roster if they would have been used well. And and therein lies the problem. Ember Moon wasn't used terribly well the first time she was on the main roster. And then she got hurt and, you know, has been out for over a year um, now. Tony hasn't had that shot yet, so I don't... I don't know what they would have done there, um, but Tony Storm and Ember Moon are both awesome as far as I'm concerned. So they are welcome, welcome additions. There we go to any women's division as far as I'm concerned. So I was excited to see them. What were, what were you thinking, Tom, about Tony and Ember? Yeah, I, and I, I saw some feedback or read some feedback about having them both at the same time, it, it being almost like a competing interest, and it didn't land that way with me because there were different types of reveals, and I think if you take a step back and actually look at it in this direction, it really puts a spotlight on how coveted the NXT women's title is. And then it's something that we also talked about too. I think, you know, with Candice losing that night, you didn't necessarily have like a stacked list of contenders, but then you inject both of those ladies back into the mix. And then you do all of a sudden, even, even though they're not necessarily like, you know, a, a contender from their their in-ring standpoint their 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 previous resume gives them that that credence so that was cool for me i i did not expect the ember moon reveal i thought it was a male the entire time i had no idea who i hadn't like crunched the numbers and looked too deeply into whom it could be uh but when it was revealed that it was as her um it was cool and i and i liked the way that that kind of happened where the, the motorcycle pulled up outside the Capitol wrestling center and the walk-in happen and the helmet comes off and there she is. So yeah, again, not caught up on NXT uh, after from anything post takeover. So I'm eager to see how their, their returns develop on TV. Um, again, that pesky new Japan just keeps getting in, getting in the way in a good way. That's where my energy has been going. So. And we're going we're gonna to talk about them here in a little bit too. And uh yeah, between the G1 and now they got the world tag and best of super juniors coming as well. So um, they're not going to get out of your way anytime soon. I don't think Tom, um, <laughs> depending on how you feel about the world tag league and the, 
best super juniors. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I thought it was a male too. In fact, I, I audibly out loud to absolutely no one in my basement, but me said, it's a woman <laughs> when they cut to that, um, you know, the motorcycle outside of, and then I think they cut to the motorcycle and then they cut back to EO, I think standing in the ring. So I was like, okay, this is still a continuation. Like we're not moving on to the next thing. Um, and I, I it said, like I said, I, to absolutely no one other than my action figures down here, uh, it's a woman. And then still didn't click with me until that, that helmet came off. And the smile that Ember had on her face, I thought was pretty cool um, because you could tell it genuinely meant something to her to be back. Um, I happened to have watched, I didn't watch all of them by any means, but uh, she was on a, a couple of episodes, I think, maybe more, of Backstage when FS1 had that show on. Um, with CM Punk and Renee Young and and Christian and, and those folks. Um, the studio show that they did, I saw a few of those, and, and she was on at least one or two of them that I saw. And she had talked at that point um, about how she didn't know if she'd ever be back in the ring, that her injury had been, and the setbacks during it had been such, and, and she you know was emotional about it. So she had been off my radar as far as somebody who might be returning anytime soon. So, so that one was cool. Tony was cool just in that, like, Oh, we're getting somebody from the UK to come over. Um, they've clearly seen something in Tony storm in the past. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was cool. And I agree with you. I think it did show how coveted that NXT women's title is. Um, and, and it did, it helped build some future challengers, whether they're the very next challengers for her or not, um, which I think I saw a match um, advertised for last night's NXT to determine a contender. Um, you know, so it may not be, they probably shouldn't jump right into title matches. They probably should build them both a little bit um, before you get there. But maybe by the time that takeover comes here in early December, um, one of them or both of them could be ready. Maybe there's a triple threat. I wouldn't blow blow that that early um, and give them both that shot. But well, and the other thing to think of is, and we didn't talk about it at all, and it was also announced on this takeover, is Halloween Havoc is returning. NXT Halloween Havoc, which, again, I don't, I'm happy, I'm excited about that, but it, I, again, I don't, I want, I don't want to pass judgment yet because I'm not caught up on what's happening, but it's happening the week of Halloween. It's happening on just NXT TV. Right. <sighs> I mean, is this is this what we're gonna get now? Are we gonna get throwback WCW big big brand you know events, but they're in essence clash of the champions, like because they're not takeovers. I don't know. What are your thoughts about Havoc and and if there are if you are aware of matches that are announced for that? Because you would think that they would want to make it a bang up two hour event. Again, they did this with Great American Bash a couple months ago, and it was a two it was a two night two week event, and Again, there were things that were happening on Great American Bash that left something to be desired. Yeah, and you know, the Great American Bash to me was a, a direct, um, what do I want to say, uh, co-programming, not co-programming, um, but they were Counter, doing that because of Fighter Fest. Yeah, counter-programming. Thank yeah. you, thank you. I knew I wasn't coming up there. I counter-programming to AEW uh, with was it Fighter Fest? I think yeah, Fighter Fest was the two week. Um, you know, this time, fighter. To my knowledge, AEW has not announced anything special for the twenty eighth. Um, in fact, they've done the last two weeks have been kind of specials with the Chris Jericho uh, thirty year anniversary last week, and then um, this 
this week here last night being the uh, one year anniversary show, which kudos to AEW um, for getting that first year done. Heck of a first year. Uh, we're not going to talk a lot about AEW today just because um, we've got some other things to talk about and, and getting current on it. But, uh, and I think my assumption is that it seemed like they were building last night to be a pretty big show. So there's probably some important things that we may want to talk about next week from that show um, last night that we just don't know about this morning because neither of us have seen that. Um, but, uh, but it's interesting that Halloween Havoc is, is just kind of it's standalone. It is, like you said, the week of Halloween. So that makes sense. It will be interesting to me also to see on the flip side of what I just said, does AEW counter program, do they do something um, special on the 28th or do they just keep going and not worry really about it? Um, yeah. You would think that the 28th is going to be a takeover style event. Um, I thought it was interesting that they're having Shotzi Blackheart be the host for it, which is kind of fun. Um, that character works for Halloween Havoc um, very much. So I think that's good. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see where they build. Um, as of last week, I don't believe they announced any matches for Halloween Havoc last week. Um, you got to think uh, with it only being two weeks away that last night show, um, like I said, I think I saw that there was a contenders match for the women's title. It'll be interesting to see what does the main event become? Because I don't know um, as of this point, and this, I guess, tells you a little bit of things from last week, but I don't know what Finn Balor's status is. Yeah, other than, I, he, he posted a picture, I think right. last night or yesterday or, and he's still like his, he's swollen. His face is like, he's, he's not, he's not going to be ready. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I have, I have to imagine he's not, he's not ready to get back in the ring in two weeks. Right. I, I would think two weeks after surgery, you on your face, you probably shouldn't get kicked in the face. Um, just, just thought again, neither of us are medical doctors. Um, so, you know, do they do anything with the, with the title? Do they leave it on him for now? You know, if he's going to be back, early November, you know, maybe they leave it on him and, and they do something else as maybe a contender match for the main event. I guess it can be interesting to see what the main event becomes of Halloween Havoc. For sure. And, and two two points, and, and I know we want to try to transition to, to more talk, but we're kind of hunkering down in NXT, which is okay. <laughs> um, I, I I really think they probably, in, in a different setting, and if had they not had to remove the title from Karrion Cross after his win, it would have been a whole lot easier to do that here with Finn Balor, and, and I think they probably would have in under under normal circumstances. Uh, different injuries, of course, but again, obviously having your title not being active, it's it, it, it's it's a challenge. And then the other part, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this: feelings and thoughts about Kyle O'Reilly as 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 giving having them push him more as a single. I mean, he clearly he he you and I obviously know Kyle O'Reilly going back for many years, many promotions, you know, New Japan as a, as a, as a single, as a tag, um, PWG, Evolve, Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor really more so as a, as a tag. But we, we've got, we've got, we know the depth of what Kyle O'Reilly has in terms of talent. And he was really able to put that on display at TakeOver uh, 31. Should, should, they, should they run with the ball or run with, the, run with him with the ball? Uh, it, it appears that the Undisputed Era tag team is now Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish, so that pivot has been made. Where do you, where do you land? Yeah, I, I love the idea of Kyle O'Reilly being one of the top baby faces um, on NXT, which seems to be... Yeah, okay, if we go back to TakeOver, Ridge Holland um, dumps Adam Cole after the match. 
Bobby and Roddy come out along, and obviously Kyle, you know, jumps out of the ring too. Um, I think where that was headed, um, and you haven't seen NXT from last week, um, so I'm ruining something a little bit in saying where it was headed. Um, but Rich Holland gets hurt on that NXT um, show, and Rich Holland will not be back for oh a long time. Um, frankly. It's a little bit Dak Prescott-ish. Um, mm. It's not good. Um, maybe not quite to the level of Dak, but um, Ridge gets hurt. Ridge is going to be out for quite a while. Um, so, sorry, blew that for you. Um, but where I think that was headed, um, and where I think it still will probably go, they just are going to have to pivot and come up with a little bit different way of going. Um, I, I think Bobby Fish and Roderick, Roderick Strong hired Rich, Rich Holland. Um, I, I think the split is coming. For undisputed era, and I think Cole and O'Reilly are going to be baby faces out of it, and I think Strong and Fish will be heels. Um, I fear that Strong and Fish will get lost in the shuffle eventually once the the breakup angle and fight and matches uh, end. I think you could have built to a really interesting. Maybe it's Bobby Fish, Roddy Strong, Ridge Holland versus Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and someone. Uh, maybe two someones, and you add another to the fish side as well um, for war games, which you think might be coming at the next takeover. Um, but again, maybe they got to pivot on that a little bit too now. Um, I love the idea of Kyle O'Reilly. So my my first time seeing Kyle O'Reilly was when he was on Dragon Gate USA versus Adam Cole. Um, I think it might have even been a pre-show match that then Gabe put out on YouTube or something because it was so good. I'm a little bit foggy on that. Um, but I, I knew nothing of either of those two guys. So it's just interesting now to see where both of those guys have come. Um, funny Kyle O'Reilly story for you. Dragon Gate USA ran Milwaukee a number of years ago. And, uh, it was a little bit of a poop show before, because that was the show. If you remember it all, the ring didn't show up. Uh, and so they were literally, were going to run a show without a ring at one point that afternoon. Then they were able to get skull crusher, uh, Rashke Brown, um, his ring from his school came running. They came running over. So they were like two hours late getting this show started. I'm standing outside. Daniel Bryan uh, was on that show or, or Brian Danielson at that point. Uh, I believe it was right after he had returned and won the U.S. title. So it was his last shots with Dragon Gate USA. Um, he worked John Moxley. Anyways, O'Reilly was on that show. And after the show, Brian was going to be doing a signing and taking pictures. And my brother and I, were there and wanted to get our picture with Danielson and, and get a, an autograph. And uh, <clears throat> so we decided kind of halfway through the main event, we were going to get up and the venue in Milwaukee has a lobby. It's kind of an old like movie theater almost. And it has a lobby out and that's where the signing was going to happen. So we decided halfway or so just before the end of the main event, when it was kind of obvious it was ending. I don't remember what the main event was, but um, it wasn't Brian and, and Moxley. They were like before intermission, I think. Um, so we decide we're going to go out and stand in the lobby so that we can be first in line because I think I had to get back and do a youth event or something. Uh, so I knew I wasn't going to have time to stand for an hour in line. So, uh, we walk out in the lobby and Kyle O'Reilly is sitting on a chair out in this lobby. And so I walk over to Kyle, shake his hand, tell him I really enjoyed his match tonight. And then I said, do you happen to know where the Brian Danielson signing is going to be taking place out here? And, and Kyle got this look on his face, like, 
you totally weren't coming over to talk to me at all. You only want to know where Danielson's going to be. Uh, and he said, no, I'm not really sure. You know, he was very polite about it. Um, kind of a shy, unassuming guy. But uh, so I don't know. I've always thought of that that story with Kyle that it was pretty funny that, you know, here I think Kyle was so, and he was so brand new at that point that I think he was just thrilled somebody wanted to come over and say hello. Um, and then, yeah, my real point was I want to know where, where did I need to stand in line to get Brian Danielson's autograph um, and picture. But uh, I, I have always been a fan of Kyle. I think Kyle, I loved that Finn Balor talked about in the, on the NXT before um, TakeOver, talked about that he knew how good Kyle O'Reilly was and that he had followed Kyle O'Reilly. I thought that helped bring Kyle up a level. Um, and then that match, if, if you watched that match and don't think Kyle O'Reilly can be a main event player, I, what were you watching? I don't know what match you saw. Um, that was not Finn Balor carrying Kyle O'Reilly. That was Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor putting on a masterpiece together because both guys are that good. Um, so I love it. I hope that uh, it continues. It seems like it will, I guess. I don't, you know, it's hard to tell right now. Um, they're only a week removed. But um, I, I love it. I think both he and Adam Cole can be huge baby faces um, in kind of that Shawn Michaels vein almost, um, especially Adam Cole, I think, has the Shawn Michaels vibe. Uh, and Kyle's charisma has come a long way too since those very early days in Dragon Gate USA, where he didn't have a whole lot. Um, but his in-ring stuff kind of carried him, which is great. Um, he's developed a lot in that charisma side as well. You know, whether it's air guitaring his title belts or um, okay, being the being the psychologist for Roderick Strong when he was scared of Dexter Loomis was a little cheesy for me. Um, but sometimes you gotta play with those things a little bit. And sometimes you also have to do what the writers tell you to do. So I don't know how much of that was Kyle, how much was writers, but yeah, I'm, I'm loving Kyle O'Reilly at the top of the card. Um, I hope Kyle O'Reilly is a future NXT champion. I, I think he can carry that belt. Um, I was, I was sorry that he only got, you know, what a week or so as the ring of honor world champion because of the contract situation there um, had his big moment. So the final battle, I think, and won it and then lost it at wrestle kingdom. If I remember right, right back to Adam Cole, um, number of years back, because I think he should have had a run as Ring of Honor world champion that wasn't, you know, hung up by contract disputes. Um, but we can say that about a lot of things in wrestling, unfortunately, just that's part of the business. Uh, other NXT thoughts, Tom? Yeah, no, I was actually, um, nothing on NXT. I was trying to look back. There was a singles match between Cole and Cole and O'Reilly on a dark match in 2009 at Dragon Gate USA. So I wasn't sure if that was what you were talking about. There was also an incredible four-way that I kind of really thought put them on the match. I think it was Cole, O'Reilly, Ricochet. I want to say Eric Cannon, but I couldn't pull it up. Chuck I couldn't, Taylor. couldn't Chuck Taylor. Okay. Yep. Um, that was that I think that one maybe more so than this the singles, like yes. was like a fantastic, like again, not that those guys weren't already making their names in other places, but like Again, it was a Gabe product and a Dragon Gate product and had all this buzz around it. So what a great way for those four guys. You know, again, it was 11 years ago, 10 years ago now, you know, when you look back and think, okay, hey, you know, you saw a lot out of those four and then you look where they are today. So yep. I, I think that for now that you say that, I think that four way caused Gabe to put the dark match out on YouTube or something. Um, because they had, that was the first time I had seen the Panama Sunrise, and I just thought it was the coolest move I'd ever seen in the world. Um, and the, the reason I remember Chuck Taylor is he's the one that took that Panama Sunrise. Um, and I just thought, like I said, it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Now I've seen it 7,000 times. Um, but 
and it's still a cool move, although occasionally, like with uh, Pat McAfee, um, the setup can be a little bit wonky for it if it's not done really well. Hey, I'm going to walk over here with my head down. I wonder what will happen. Um, <laughs> oh, I got pile driven. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, Cole and O'Reilly. I mean, for you and I, because we, love, we do watch a, a fair amount of indie wrestling, not probably as much now as we once did with Ring of Honor, and, and you can question whether Ring of Honor's indie wrestling too um, now. But uh, it's fun to see those guys you know, and, and watch them um, over the course of their careers. Um, I don't know about you, but when people like the first time Seth Rollins won the title, uh, I don't know if it's the first time, um, but at, at WrestleMania, uh, whatever number it was with the big play button uh, out in California, when he crashed the Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar match, uh, you know, I felt a little pride almost for him um, when he won that title because you and I had been watching Tyler Black um, in Ring of Honor for so many years. So to see somebody come from those levels, and then win the world title at WrestleMania is has always been fun uh, for me. Drew McIntyre same way this year, even in a really strange WrestleMania. Um, hey, that wasn't his fault. So, uh, yeah, it's just fun to watch those things and think back to some of those matches um, that that we uh, that we got to see, which is pretty cool. Well, let's talk. Um, I know we're a little short on time, but we still got a little bit of time here. Let's talk G one. Uh, we're not going to run over results and things because that would take us the rest of our time. Um, but uh, just some some general thoughts on the G1, Tom. What are you? How are you feeling? You you have watched every match until the point that you are at. I am woefully behind in watching, but because I'm running our G1 Pick'em, I know results um, and know I've read stories and things like that. Probably I'm going to have to go back and cherry pick some matches that I know I need to see. But um, <clears throat> what are your overall thoughts so far on the G1 and how you feeling about? Remind us who you picked to win the blocks and how you're feeling about that too. Sure. So I do have to disclose, I did finally make a compromise and didn't watch a match. I did fast forward a match to try to get through things quicker. Not that I didn't want to, but I was just like, I was feeling the pressure of wanting to be caught up. Um, so I'm curious, what match was that? Yeah, it was Tanahashi and Evil. So I was able to, I was, I, I think I watched like the last I was sure it was going to be a Yano or, or your Yujiro match. So that's why I was wondering. <laughs> no, that's, so that's the ironic part about it, right? Like, so of all the matches to choose, like I picked the main events of the October 8th show to like try to move myself along quicker. Um, and again, nothing against either of those two competitors. It's just the way it was and how I was feeling at the time. Um, but you are correct. Beyond that, I have literally watched bell to bell every single match and intend to do it the rest of the way even though i'm a little bit behind where where we are in terms of um the, the where things are today as we're recording versus where i'm i've watched my goal is though because the last three nights are going to have live u.s commentary to be ready to go or as best i can be ready to go when those happen and i'm planning to brew some some strong coffee and and have that tough conversation with the wife about getting up early and just saying, hey, I love you, but I'm gonna. You're gonna try to watch them actually live, live. I, I am. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a we we have it starts to, on Friday, Friday, yep. Saturday, Sunday. I my kids have off of school. I have off of work. We don't have any real major events happening Saturday or Sunday this weekend. I, I've invested this much. You know, why not try to? And again, it may not materialize. Again, if there's been ever a trend that that listeners or viewers or even yourself have heard me say on this podcast, <laughs> I have great intentions and the way that those actually materialize or don't, and oftentimes don't 
uh, you know, get, get get recapped here as we unpack them. I will say this: watching NXT Takeover Live, not to pivot back, but I just want to say, like, the fact that I like made that appointment viewing, I was, I was I felt very rewarded in that and very thankful that I made that happen. And I want that more out of wrestling. I don't know that I often make time like that, but I did. And and my wife was like, "Wow, you actually sat for two and a half hours straight and watched wrestling." And I said, "Yeah, and it was so worth it. It was awesome." She's like, "Well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself." Now, if I can get away with that this in the next couple of days, with it happening at four or five o'clock in the morning, we'll see. See, here's then, the nice thing, though: if it happens at four or five o'clock in the morning, you can watch the show, and by the time the kids are rolling out of bed, and even the wife is rolling out of bed, show's over, and you can go on with your day. Fair, right? And I and I would intend to do that, and I could get through the day, but I think that I would there there would be something about it, or there you know the main event would happen, and then someone needs me to let the dog out or feed breakfast. I don't know. Like my kids are capable of making their own breakfast, but when they're home and they don't have a day at school, they're like, aren't you making breakfast for us? Right. Right. They somehow forget. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so sorry for that pivot and that, that you know, segue to go back around. Um, my picks are block a Jay white block B Sonata. Uh, and I, I will say this. I am really giddy about how block a, has really had a bottleneck of four guys at the top uh, competing. And I don't know how that's going to bear itself out over the last couple of events uh, because of where I'm at. Um, and, and, and I was really close on picking those guys when I did my picks. The one guy that I didn't have um, is was Will Ospreay, but I've really enjoyed his tournament run. I've really enjoyed every match he's had. I had Shingo in that spot. Someday, somehow, someway, the, the intent and the belief that I have for Shingo is going to materialize in New Japan. We just have to have that, you know, our, our fantasy wishes and hopes and dreams will someday uh, bear themselves out. So we need to get ghetto on this podcast and ask him WTF <laughs> with Shingo, man. And, and, and that's the thing. Shingo's had a fantastic run. Like I'm, like, I think his tournaments have been stellar. Like every match win or lose, I've loved it. Uh, that Okada match uh, one of the best matches I've seen this year. And actually my, my favorite match in the G1, maybe not the best match, but it's been my favorite match. And I love the ending. It was their first ever singles matchup. I love the way that it ended. Shingo did not tap out. He did not submit. He was put into submission by the money clip. And that right there, when they get the chance to face off again, that's going to be a factor. I just know it will because New Japan honors and carries on the history of their competitors and their and their and their longevity or their lack of longevity or just they tell stories over time and things like that will come back uh so that's block a block b i'm quite surprised that that naito has been kind of the running like running away with it all uh, which is interesting because i don't know enough and in, in, in whether that bears itself out in the end i think there's a lot of room uh i would say block b is more competitive than block A, even though there's a bottleneck in block A and, you know, tiebreakers are going to come into play there. Um, I don't know enough about if a, if a defending champion were to win the G1, like what does that mean then for Wrestle Kingdom? Uh, so that would be an interesting way to do it. Like does, like, you know, and, and one thought I would have is that, you know, if, if Naito were to win the G1, does that mean like he gets he faces someone that he lost to in the G1 and then the belt flips and then the build then is him trying to get the title but he's doing it because he has the briefcase. I don't I don't know. Um I, I wonder I if that's think what he gets to 
pick his opponent if he wins. Okay, okay, which is which that's okay too. And 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 again, getting getting back into the G one and watching as much as I've watched has get me has allowed me to get get back in kind of the rhythm that I felt like I was getting in during the New Japan Cup. Um, and then again, went about almost six to eight weeks with with no New Japan viewing. I'm hoping that this time when the when the G one kind of wraps in the next couple of days, real time. Um, whether I'm caught up in real time or not, or I'll be I'll be shortly behind that, if nothing else, that I don't lose sight of the opportunity to to stay connected to to what's happening and watching New Japan as it's happening, especially like you said with the the tag league. Which again, until they announce the teams, I'm not super like like that's not where my energy would be. My energy definitely will be on the best of Super Juniors. Love that tournament. Love. Uh, that division, um, you know, we've been missing guys like uh, like Hiromu, uh, Takahashi, Tanahashi, yeah, yeah, Takahashi, uh, uh, Taiji Ishimori, and hopefully they are able to again bring some other talents in uh, to to really make this a a, a a tournament on the same level, if not better, than what they've done here with the G1. So yeah, I, I said a lot. Hopefully, I captured a, a you know some some of the thoughts there I, where are you at and and you know, what are your thoughts how how has the tournament landed with you and again especially from the perspective of again you've done such a really masterful job of keeping the pickums current and i think you've had to sacrifice probably a little bit to do that so i thank you even though i'm like still staying spoiler free as best i can i do appreciate that i'm when i'm checking in on the thread for all of the folks that are doing our pickum that you've just been so on top of that yeah, well, thank you. Um, and and I'm I'm woefully behind. I couldn't even tell you. Um, I stopped watching the full shows at this point, um, just because I fell woefully behind. Um, and I've been cherry picking. Uh, block A to me has definitely been the better block. Um, I've just been more excited about those shows when I've been watching them. Um, block B has been fine. There's nothing wrong with Block B, um, but it kind of has played out how I thought it might originally. Although you and I both, when we kind of started talking through the preview of this a, a month or so ago, um, both said, you know, Block B, well, it kind of got that that feeling early on when the participants were announced as you start looking through the matches. There's a lot of good stories happening in Block B as well. Um, I had Jay White and Evil um, in the finals, and I, I'm still feeling okay about that. I have to be honest, you know, halfway through or so the G1, if I had to re-pick I think I would have gone your way. I think you are potentially onto something there uh, with White and Sonata. We'll see if that plays out or not. Um, but Sonata definitely seems to have a story going. You know, he lost a couple early on. Um, I think it was a couple of them. Um, definitely yeah. that first match, Diano, and, and then a couple more. Um, and seems to have that story that they've told before with people of losing a couple early on and then kind of having to almost run the table. We talked about that here on the show. Um, it seems like maybe that could be the story going on with Sonata. Um, so I, I'll admit, if Jay, if it is Jay White and Sonata, I like our Jay White pick even more because I just don't see Sonata as a Wrestle Kingdom title challenger. Um, and maybe that's me. Um, maybe I should because they're both LIJ members and, and all of that. Um, 
Did you did you happen to watch the Naito Sonata match at all, or did you skip? That is one I need to go back because I think story wise, I want to see that. Okay, so I I thought it was a good match. Um, one of the other stories being told is is the amount of ring time that Tetsuya Naito is is yes. accruing throughout this, and the and the potential maybe wear that then it's having. Um, Side note: One of the things that we talked about off air that is, you know, for the case of of how I've, I think the level of enjoyment I've ex- been able to experience with the G1 because I'm not watching it live and I'm a couple days or a day sometimes behind. They've done a really great job on getting English commentary up. Number one, even better as the tournament's gone on than when they started. But I've had the benefit of listening and watching with English commentary, which has deepened my ability to engage with the product in a way that I, I've enjoyed it. I've watched it with Japanese commentary and um, it's not been a problem, but it's a different level of connection that mm-hmm. I have when you have Kevin Kelly and Kevin Kelly and Rocky doing the commentary as opposed to not. So wanted to make that statement there. Um, but I, the, the reason I posed the question was I, th- I saw s- someone who's pretty big into New Japan on Twitter made just a comment about like not feeling like that that match uh, between Sonata and Tetsuya Naito, like that it that it like landed in the end, um, or that it was really just like what maybe you would expect, and that they're maybe just not good opponents for one another. And I don't know that that's the case. And I I, I would think, especially if you're looking to potentially have that be a Wrestle Kingdom main event, you're not going to go all out here. You know, I think they went nearly 26, 27 minutes, maybe just a hair under that. And it wasn't like a bad match by any means. It told a story. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely go back. I would be interested to know how that lands with you when you do have the chance to see it, um, even if we don't talk about it here. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I, I, I thought too, as, the, as I've watched it play out and as Sonata has been accruing win and accruing points, I'm like, okay. 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 Uh, I, I might, you know, I may be onto something here. So yep. one thing, one thing I am surprised by, and again, I'm not current, so this may still happen. The the lack of a draw happening, where where that could be like instead of like head to head tiebreakers being or common opponents, having a having a draw occur, where then two points aren't awarded, um, and zero points aren't awarded, but one point. I think that would have been an interesting piece and maybe it still happens. So Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. That could be could be an interesting and to see how it may affect things. Um so yeah, I'm hopeful, and again, you and I both have the same problem. Um tomorrow I think I should be able to see the show. Um I'm not getting up at four or five o'clock in the morning. It's not happening. Um, but uh, I think I should be able to throughout the day, you know, watch a match here and there and get through the five um, tournament matches. I, I have not watched the Young Lions Cup or the Young Lions, not the Young Lions Cup, the Young Lions matches. Um, I caught a couple early on and I just, when I've been able to watch, I've wanted to focus more on the G1 matches um, because my time is limited to watch those. So um, I've heard some of them have been pretty good. Um, Gabriel Kidd, it sounds like is having a, uh, a little bit of a breakout perhaps in some of those matches. So good for him. Uh, Look forward to seeing more of him down the road uh, when he's in matches that I can give my time to. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I'm hopeful. Uh, we'll see kind of what the weekend brings. I don't think we have major plans this weekend um, outside of my work obligation that I have every Sunday. But uh, yeah, we'll see where that goes. Uh, my hope is to watch those this weekend. Um, even if I'm not fully caught up on catching matches, 
um, that I want to see to lead up to it because I know the results from doing the pickums. Um, I am going to this time though, where I've I've sacrificed that up till now. I'm going to try at least, unless I just realize by Monday or Tuesday that it's not going to happen. Um, I'm going to try to not update the pickums until I have watched uh, these three shows, so that at least I can see the culmination of the G1. Um, since I have been doing all that scoring all along the way. So, and I assume that on Sunday we should learn, hopefully, maybe the mat or the uh, teams for the World Tag League and the the Super Juniors uh, participants, because I'm eager to see as well if they're able to bring anybody over, kind of what they do. Uh, the, the New Japan Tag Division is a whole nother talk that we can have at some point, but it feels weaker than ever right now. Um, and I, I fear that it's going to be a lot of kind of hodgepodge teams. Um, the, the Not Super Juniors. Uh, the Junior Tag League is that way too. When they have the Junior Tag title tournament here recently, um, it just felt like a lot of random pairings. So I think that that division could use some help. Um, I doubt they're going to be able to come over for a full month because they would have to probably do that, but it would be interesting to see um, the Good Brothers come over for the Tag League, but I just don't know that we're going to get them like that. I don't know Impact's going to want them gone that long. So uh, We just have a little bit of time left, so let's hit two more topics, kind of quick quick hits for us here. Uh, the Ring of Honor Pure Title Tournament uh, has continued. We're both current on that um, as of now. Without going over all of the results, uh, our first two semifinalists for the tournament have been determined, and they are no shock to you or I because we both have them in the finals, uh, Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham. Um, the other semifinalists will be determined, Tracy Williams versus Fred Yehai this weekend, uh, which Yehai got, got that win over Silas Young. I'm interested to to hear your thoughts on Yehai getting a debut debut win in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I didn't have the chance to watch that match, but I did see the highlights. Um, and I I thought that it was, from what I did see, it looked competitive and it looked good. Um, I think that was a smart move. I think Yehai and Tracy Williams, because of their history, does make a lot of sense in the second round. Uh, and and you, I, I could almost argue that it could be a pick em. I don't think it will be. I think it's destined for Tracy Williams to win. But at the same time, if, if this weekend comes and Fred Yehai does win, I won't have my jaw won't be on the floor. Yeah, and I'm the, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, I think it was well done. I love the Tracy Williams talked about their history and talked about catch point um, in his little post match interview after that uh, after his win. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one a lot this weekend. Um, my my local Sinclair station uh, fell a week behind and they finally caught up last week and just skipped a week. Um, but they had replayed, I don't remember now, two or three weeks ago, they replayed the week before instead of playing the right one. Um, so I had to wait until Monday when it was on the the website to see, I don't, I think it might've been that Silas Young uh, episode. Uh, thankfully, FS1 also shows it on Friday nights, but they hadn't, they had missed it a couple of weeks because of, I think, Major League Baseball playoffs. Um, so they're back on schedule now. So at least, at least now I'm catching back up or able to see them as they happen without that one week having to wait till Monday. Um, and on the other side, uh, it's PJ Black versus Josh the Goods Woods. Woods winning the only match that went to a time limit draw in the first round. Uh, so the judge's decision was for Woods over Kenny King, uh, which I thought was interesting. You and I both went back and forth on who we want, who we picked for that match. Um, so Josh Woods against PJ Black to face Jonathan Gresham. Um, if you ask me, it's for the chance to lose to Jonathan Gresham. Um, I there's a better chance of Tracy Williams being Jay Lethal 
if, if that goes the way we say, or even Fred Yehi, because if they really strap the rocket to him, um, there's a better chance of that happening to me than Gresham losing to either PJ Black or Josh Woods. Um, I I just don't I don't see that. Uh, uh, also on Ring of Honor, though, last week we got our first taste of non-tournament um, storyline with the follow the trend uh, video being revealed as Matt Taven returning uh, to attack Vincent. I thought it was a great angle. Um, I thought, I, I don't need Matt Taven saying follow the trend all of the time, like he kept saying while he was doing it. Um, but I thought it was a great, brutal, you know, beat down and, and putting him through a table and all sorts of things. Um, Taven and Vincent's got some legs to it, I think. So um, I like the Vincent character. I realize he's probably never going to be Finn Balor or Kyle O'Reilly in the ring. Um, but I like that kind of dark and brooding character who just is kind of messes with people's mind. So I, I, I like the return for Taven. Did you, uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I liked it as well. Uh, again, I, I'm going to need a little bit more understanding of what this whole follow the trend thing is and why. Um, yeah, I just want some meat to the bone there. Uh, but I really liked that. Uh, I thought it was cool how, um, he showed up in the ring after the video package and kind of caught Vincent off guard. And then, and then the beatdown was just brutal, just brutal. And, and, but that was good. I mean, it made sense. I mean, Vincent was the one that took him out and, and injured him. So this is the type of thing that you're coming from home. Yeah. And you're coming back. This is, this is the way to come back and, and, and get some comeuppance. And uh, we also saw that EC3 is coming to ring of honor. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that character, I haven't, I've, I've paid attention through reading about him in impact, um, so it'll be interesting to see. I think he's going to do a similar kind of character. Um, again, a little more dark and brooding. Um, but EC3 is somebody who WWE never figured out what to do with in either NXT or WWE, frankly. Um, Impact, I think, used him best. So I think it'll be interesting to see uh, how Ring of Honor positions him moving forward as well and whether we see him actually in on the arena, in the arena during the peer tournament in any way, shape, or form. Uh, or not, uh, they are doing tapings this weekend. Um, they're in the ROH bubble as we speak. So uh be interesting to see now what we get as we move forward uh, in Ring of Honor as well after the tournament happens and, and what they start fleshing out. Uh, again, Roosh still not around um, because he can't get into the country. So interesting to see without a world champion what you do there too uh, for a little bit. So Yeah, I'm interested after these tapings are done which they and again they did a great job on not letting anything slip out or no one no yeah. one let anything go i think these ones will begin airing the first weekend of november if i'm not mistaken i think the pure title gets decided for me it airs on saturday nights so i think yep. that on halloween is when the pure title will be decided if if i'm if i did my projections on how the tournament will play out correctly um so then the new shows that are being taped over the coming days will then start in november and you would think that that would lead to what we might get as a final battle. And then if they were to go back into the bubble, I don't know, in early December and then, and then tape final battle among other TV. So it'll be interesting to see, like, I know that when they've run pay-per-views, I think at least in September where death before dishonor would have run and then, best in the world in June, they were like compilations. Yeah. You, you would think that they would want to try as best they're able to do something brand new for final battle, but we'll see. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Um, 
do we want to hit Ali or do we need to wrap it up, Tom? Yeah, we can quickly talk about the yeah the retribution reveal. Yeah, yeah, sure. retribution. Oh, excuse me, click the wrong banner for those that are watching on YouTube. Uh, retribution Ali Mustafa Ali is revealed as their leader. Uh, what you think? Yeah, I liked how it played out. I actually caught up on this raw just yesterday. Um, before I dig into the draft uh, episodes of SmackDown and Raw after that. Uh, I thought this actually played out really, really fun. Uh, it was interesting that um, just, the, just the involvement, like, you know, uh, it, it all made sense in the end, like Ali challenging MVP and then having that match and then the Hurt Business. And then they come out and they're like, oh, come on, join us. And Ali's like, yes, for sure. Uh, and then they're all kind of, everyone's back is to each other and Ali slips out and he's there on the floor. And then they're like, they're thinking, okay, he's he's sacrificing himself. We're we're gonna, and then nope, yeah. So I liked how it played out. Uh, I don't know how it follows up on Raw from this past week, uh, and, and and if we get more uh, than just a soundbite from Ali and, and some depth as to why and how. Uh, I'm looking at your face, and I'm guessing that's not the case. Um, but again, it's that that'd be very retribution esque at this point in the game. <laughs> They don't appear. Okay. I heard they got. Uh, I, I, I saw a graphic that they got drafted to Raw. Yes. Which, which was interesting in my, in my mind because they want to tear down right. WWE. So why would you draft them? Yeah. But, right. No, I agree. Them being drafted was dumb. Um, yeah, they don't. Uh, MVP. I'll, this is a little bit of a spoiler for you, but MVP makes a, a slight comment in a backstage thing about, yeah, and Retribution and Ali aren't even here tonight. And then that's about all they talk about them, other than when they're drafted. Um, Ali has, Mustafa Ali, I shouldn't just keep calling him Ali because they have given him his first name back. Um, Mustafa Ali did tweet something about, I'll talk when I want to talk. Um, you know, you have to wait to hear my reasons or something, which I thought, again, good way to make, you know, chicken salad out of chicken stuff. Um, because I, I don't think that was originally the plan. I think with the draft, they just didn't have time for this main angle that you're running um oh why they keep doing that um it wasn't a sunday they have sundays off not mondays guys um get it right but uh no i really liked how this played out i really liked too the um the ending where he kind of held his hand out and then closed his fist and the lights went out the timing was just a hair off on that but I, it kind of had to be because you have to see that his hand closes and then the lights go out um in the future, I think they could even do it as his hand closes, the lights go out. You could probably nail that timing. But I thought that was kind of a cool little effect. Um, it was actually, I think, the the best thing Retribution has done thus far, um, which not a high bar to hit, let's be honest. But um, I think it was the best thing, and, and I agree with you. I'm, You know what? We're going to finally feature Mustafa Ali in some way. Good, because the guy is good in the ring, very, very good in the ring. Let's see what he's got character-wise. I don't think we've ever really gotten to flesh that out. Um, so let's see what he can do. I, I think it's interesting. And and and, and please, let him keep the name Mustafa Ali. Don't give him a stupid name now. Um, especially because we know he's Mustafa Ali. I guess we're not supposed to know who these other guys are because we're all stupid. Mayhem um, Ali. It's mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> right, mayhem or something. Right, exactly. So let's let's pray that we keep him as Mustafa Ali and, and let him... Let him run with us. Let's see. Maybe, maybe they can, maybe they can pull the nose up on this thing yet. Um, they're trying something at least. So I got to give them that there. I, I don't think this was always the plan. I think this was a pivot um, and, and kudos. Let's see what, what happens. 
I know we're short too, but I just want to just connect on this. So there was that SmackDown watcher, like in the yep. springtime. And the, you know, if you looked at that and you made inferences, you could have maybe said that was Mustafa Ali and maybe it was or wasn't at one time or another. And, and that was kind of exposing things. Like I, there was like a, a women's ex- thing that got exposed and like, I forget who now it was, right. it, it was months ago. So, and it wasn't obviously that memorable, but I do remember that that happened. If that was kind of what gave birth to retribution, because I could see like that being like the, the beginnings, like if they're watching right now. So they've been watching for a while. Now they want to take action. And the action is, is this retribution reveal. Um, Obviously, they're not connecting the dots for us that it was Ali there. Like that thing just completely dropped. It fell off the map. But, you know, for us that are being a little bit more in tune to the product, you know, if we're attempting to make chicken salad out of chicken stuff, that, that does at least give me from a viewing standpoint a little bit of going i can see maybe whether they tell me that or not or whether i have to like make that up make that opinion up on my own or make that judgment on my own there is some connectivity there i think i don't know am i trying am i trying to justify a bad product Uh, maybe but um (laughs) but but i've had that same thought and i think that well i i do not think that was ever the plan with the the hacker or whatever it was the watcher the hacker um I think somebody in creative ought to go, hey, what if, and make that seem like they did a long-term storyline planning, Um, because I don't think it's that hard to make that connection, Um, especially now, and maybe they will with Mustafa Ali, because that was the rumor of the the hacker. Um, Of course, then there were two hackers at one point, but you could always say the other one was T-Bar or Slapjack or Slapface or Casey Jones or whoever. Uh, Slapface. Slapface, yeah, I don't know. Whatever these monkeys are. live, brought to you by Slapface. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, Glass Joe or Piston Honda or whoever the heck these guys are. Um, but uh, I, I think you could make that connection. So I think they should, but we'll see if they actually do. I, I agree with you. I think it would make sense, um, which, let's be honest, probably means that's why they won't do it. <laughs> so, all right, well. Tom and I both, I know, have to hop off onto uh, meetings and other things with our day. So we have been thrilled to be back with you here on T-Spot Monkeys. We'll try to get back into a regular rhythm, but, you know, hey, thank you for understanding, guys. Life just sometimes jumps in the way. So yeah, we'll be with I, you as often as we can. I think we're I think we're positively looking at next week, without a doubt, hopefully some good G1 recap if we're both uh, where we hope to be. And then, of course... The dominance is going to continue. We got uh, Hell in a Cell pickums. Here I come. Choo, we choo. do, and uh, I'm going to see if I can throw you off the top of the cell. But uh, we'll see <laughs> how, how that works out. Most likely, I'm going to fall off it while I try. Um, so, everybody, stay safe. Uh, you know, it seems like things are getting crazier by the minute um, out there in the world. So, if we've been able to give you, you know, an hour and twenty minutes of uh, shutting the brain down and and thinking about something fun and not thinking about other stuff in the world. Uh, boy, that's something we enjoy doing. So um, take care, guys. Be safe and uh, wear a mask, all those kinds of things. And uh, we'll be back with you next week here on Two Spot Monkeys Live.